0: All right, welcome to Earl Does Karaoke, volume two. I don't know. I don't know if it's volume two. Uh, Is it volume
1: two? I don't know if it's, it's volume, volume two. What be?
0: I mean, it's been it's been a bit, my Ken friend. It's been a bit since the last time I even did a recording, um, because I'm recording this. We were recording this on December 4th, 2022. And the last time I did a recording, I think it was October and maybe even before that, (laughs) which is weird how time flies. Um, The reason for that is I was working a job, that job did not work out, so now I have a little extra time again, and uh, I can regale listeners with tales of my triumphs. I don't know if they're triumphs at this point. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Um, But today, as you can hear on the podcast, I have a returning a returning guest uh, a good friend of mine Ken Uh, Ken is just off a weekend of taking care of children and family and doing crazy stuff yes good good old holidays I mean the holidays are crazy when you have a family Mm -hmm. I mean the holidays are crazy when you don't have a family but then when you add having a kid or kids or people or more people into it it's just a recipe for exhaustion
1: it is it is, especially when your child wants to, like, climb off the couch and into the Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> so your child's like a cat.
1: Yeah, she loves to climb. She's very brave, adventurous, independent, and <laughs> strong, like, strong self, uh, self-independence. self mm-hmm. So she, decided, awesome.
0: she decides to do something and she's just going to do it.
1: Yes, she the only time she wants help is if she asks for it.
0: <laughs> so she, that, this, that it, so she has a habit of like asking for help if she needs something that's good.
1: Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Um, but she also, and I don't know if this is from both of us, probably cause we think both well, me and my wife are the same as it's children. It's, we also don't ask for help and like when we should, we probably postpone a little too, too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does it that as well where it's like um, she's already like peeling her own fruit and stuff, so not like knives or anything, but like a banana or an orange or something. She'll, she'll peel it herself and eat my it. mind
0: didn't go to a knife, by the way. I was not like I was like, you know, envisioning this little baby taking care of fruit with a knife.
1: I mean that that's not to say that she doesn't see one of us peeling her fruit with a knife, like an apple mm-hmm. peeling with a knife and she's like, Ooh, knife, I wanna see that. It's like no, this of is course. not fur. This is not for an eighteen-month-old, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's learning. She can peel bananas for the most part, um, and then like oranges and stuff. Or like, those little cuties. she has a she's a little difficulty with those. So, one of the things she likes. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was like She just she just likes to do everything. She's she wants to learn it. She wants to be self-independent. Hmm. Like it's it's awesome, but it's sometimes it's hard because. You know, you're 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 just sitting there as a parent, sideline until they ask you to jump in.
0: That's true. That's true. One of the sad things about uh, about my kids is that at some point they decided that they didn't like the little cuties. They decided they weren't going to eat them. Yep. And, and and you know what? One of the one of the uh, one of the disappointments of my life that I've dealt with as an as an adult and as a dad, um, as I've gotten older, uh, is first of all, I've got I've got three kids, so. Um, I assume most people that are listening know that about me, but if you're a new listener, hey, great! I have three kids, and um, they uh, are all, of course, picky in their own ways, and their tastes change so often, like just like it's almost daily sometimes. Where it's like one of them will be like, "I want this," and it's like, "I want that," and and for the most part, if one of them comes to me and says, you know, they have a specific request for a snack or for food or whatever, I try my damnedest to try to make sure that. I give that to them at some point right Um, because it doesn't happen that often that's one thing they don't come to me and ask me for specific stuff that often maybe with the exception of my youngest Um, but then the other thing is like I will they will like something once and then later on down the line their tastes change so then they don't like it again and the big disappointment is like I will buy them something and I'll be like okay I I know this is a win I know this is a mm-hmm. good. I know this is a good thing for me to get for them, and I'm like, and, and who knows? It was be super, you know, sugary cereal or something like that. Something that I don't, you know, typically think about on a regular occasion. And I'll get it for them, and then it's and then it's like a fail. It's like nobody yeah. eats it, nobody wants it, um, and it just sits there, and it's just it just mocks me uh, for like the t- the time that I spent getting it and the money I spent getting it. It's just a big mock. It's like. Now your kids don't like you.
1: <laughs> yep. And then I have to throw it. Uh, that but happens. that happens to us too, like all that's the time. Way, we, but, you know. Well, I, you know, I just that's just my seconds, right? Is I just eat, I eat her plate, but that, that happens to us constantly um, where it's like, you know, she loves something, we know it should be a slam dunk and then it's like, here yeah, that's what we have for her. So, nope. and I said, nope. I want this the, tonight. I want another helping of fruit. Yep, arms down. She and she's like, oh, I'm not helping a fruit. Um, luckily, we've still got like an old standby that she she likes. Like, you know how every kid has their like their their sauce. Usually, not not every kid, but most kids have like the sauce they like, right? Like, Whether it be ketchup or ranch,
0: mm, ma- um, mustard,
1: mustard. Um, unfortunately, my child doesn't like any of those right now consistently.
0: She doesn't like ketchup huh? or mustard.
1: Consistently, no mustard. Oh, Mustard's a no go. Okay. She can't have ranch because she's allergic to dairy.
0: Yeah, and ranch is low,
1: yeah. Yeah, but we found a found a dairy-free ranch, like a vegan ranch. Oh yeah, they're out there made by made name ranch. Yeah. It's, it's decent. It it fooled me. Um, do you like it? Yeah, and then ketchup is like hit or miss. French dressing is hit or miss. Um, it's like 50-50 for both. But like for her, it's guacamole.
0: Oh, she loves guacamole.
1: She loves guacamole, so that's like the secret sauce. So it's like, oh, this is something you kinda like but you're not into
0: it tonight. Well, we're gonna mix it up with guacamole. That's cool. Guacamole is good for us, I mean that's Yeah. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, but that's always not charged, man. If you ever go to Chipotle, you know that guac
0: that guac's not charged. That's true, but we I don't go to I mean, there's like no Chipotle's in Muskegon, so if I want a burrito I go to uh Kidoba and Kidoba is free guac. It's not free, I mean it's built into the price. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's no. So we, we make
1: we make a lot of guac, or we buy a lot of guac in bulk.
0: You get some bulk guac? Okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah, bulk guac. That's got a little got a little wholesale. That's good. Cause okay. she will eat that. Like she she didn't want turkey, so what we do? Shred it up, made like turkey salad with guacamole. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's good, dude. Hey, anyway, that's yeah. That's been, that's what we get. Setting up <laughs> for the holidays. Watching, watching the kids uh, or kid for me but mm-hmm. uh, and then like just doing stuff around the house Sweet. getting ready for for a road trip time for a family family
0: holiday family road trip yeah. hell yeah mm-hmm. it's like playing trains and automobiles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except for you're not trying to get home after being a salesman for a certain period of time also um, true mm-hmm. so what I'd like to talk to you about this week is just the weirdest stuff that's ever happened to you. Um, And uh, it's interesting because um, and weird stuff's always interesting, I should say. But uh, it's interesting for me because throughout our relationship, our friendship that we've had for many years, um, one of the things that That we, I mean, we've talked about weird stuff sometimes, but I was a very closed minded individual when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to religion, when it comes to kind of like seeing through the veil of the other side and things like that. Um, I was very much not on that wavelength. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't like supernatural things or like, you know, scary movies and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, but it was really last year when my mind really opened up and I, I started to see the world from a different perspective that I realized that there's like so many of these stories that we may not have ever even talked about.
1: Yeah, I don't, I know we used to talking like when we'd all hang out, like, I think we, especially when we were younger, probably middle school, high school, I know we used to talk about some of that stuff every once in a while as like a group. Okay. But I don't know if we've we've ever sat down and just like hashed out specific stories.
0: Well, I can tell you my perspective from my from my personal perspective. When I was younger, and if we talked about things that were that were beyond understanding, um, most of the time when it came to my my anecdotal things that I was talking about or things that I was listening to, I was listening to it with an entertainment ear. and and speaking with an entertainment tone so like if I would tell you guys a story it was a completely fabricated story and I I don't think I ever tried to sell it as true Um, and I, I kind of figured that that was what the group of people that I was around I figured they were doing the same thing I figured we were just kind of like trying to scare each other a little bit or try to be like oh yeah there's a UFO at some point or I was I was playing Mortal Kombat and there was this message on the screen and Shao Kahn was like I'm coming to get you or something like that like um you know just kind of like silly stuff um it never crossed my mind that people would be talking from an actual like experiential perspective does that make sense mhm yeah so Given that, Ken, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> um,
1: I... There's probably a few. I mean, there's, a, like, going from that standpoint, because I've, I've had quite a few weird things. I mean, depending upon the context, I'm sure you can make a whole new show or a whole new episode, excuse me, out of, like, the weird family vacations I've had. And, and by weird, <laughs> I mean, like, the kind of shit you write TV shows and movies about or add those bits into TV shows and movies. Uh, um, like... You know, just for example, I mean, I don't know if you want to recommend, what episode does the, the time we took a family vacation and ended up staying all in a brothel as a family, you know, type thing.
0: <laughs> did you say staying in a brothel as a family? Yes, we did. We stayed in a brothel in Colorado. Now, okay, let me ask you, is this like the Simpsons type brothel where it's like this like high class, you know, like crazy place that it just happens that there's some debauchery that goes on there? Or was, no, this, no, no. was this like was a down problem. and dirt oh nice.
1: <laughs> like like they had like and at the time I was a kid, so I didn't really understand that that's how that how that worked, but um there was just a lot of these large uh glamour shot portraits. I mean like oh. huge portraits above the front desk. Like we're not talking like portrait size from your high school photos we're talking like three to four times that size like these large portraits just hanging above the front desk and i was so confused as a child like i was like are these employees of the month like i don't i don't get the answer is yes i guess yeah i I mean it would be employees of the month right but then as i got old like when i got a little bit older i I realized well what had happened um and where we're at so how did that happen because
0: you you grew up in a, a Relatively traditional household.
1: Oh, well, it was not. It was not my choice. It was oh, not my choice. It was. It was a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Like, you know, like, there's always like for the family, for the weird family stuff. Like, there's always a, a, a series of unfortunate events. They always lead to something like that. Mm-hmm. um I mean, we we, we, we can. I won't go down that rabbit hole just take cause we'll talk about it like that. Paranormal, but that's just like a little teaser I guess. If people wanna we'll put more of that they can ask for and I'll give the story. Um the other one was um we ended up crashing a rehearsal for um an all like an all LGBT uh, at the time. I think it was I think it was an all all uh, cabaret show and they were mad at us, um, because they thought we were trying to steal their show and <laughs> like copy it. Yeah, what? it really was my aunt was getting sick in their bathroom. What? Yeah, that's a whole other story too.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wish I would have grown up around more LGBTQ plus people. And and, and I know yeah, obviously it was not chic and in vogue at the time to be out. At you know, especially you know, growing up in small town Whitehall. You know, relatively conservative values. You know, when it came to, I mean, this is like. Uh, like peak Midwestern type of town that Tom forgot. And, you know, being out was not really a thing. There were a few people that we knew, of course, that were that were out with their sexuality. But I think the the most the most exotic thing that we would have at the time was somebody who was was just gay. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, here's a gay person. You really didn't have people talk about bisexuality. That was kind of a weird thing. Uh, you know, it definitely weren't people that were polyamorous because that wasn't really a thing back then. At least it wasn't in name. Um, didn't have people that were uh, pansexual or at least identified that way at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, I wish, honestly, like, dude, if, if I could have grown up around a brothel or something, just for the experience of it, would have been pretty amazing, right? Because there's no brothels in Whitehall, Michigan.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it would it would give you some some more input about life outside of that like seclusion, right? That bubble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it'd give you give you kind of like, well, this is how life can branch out, you know? This is this is how cultures can can be different. But we did we didn't get a lot of that until later.
0: Well, I mean, it also like to be sexually open, right? To be to be <laughs> open with who you are as a person, to be open with like what makes you tick, what makes you you know horny uh you know stuff like that like (laughs) it it, it was such a repressed thing now within our within our very small bubble like our friends i think we were relatively open and i don't think we ever really worried that much about it um you know we we were different people who would make you know the the passing gay joke back in the day but it wasn't it was never out of like revulsion for gay people i don't think
1: yeah i mean it, like i said it was we were pretty well sheltered for that i mean it's true i think a lot of our friends that at least from my recollection a lot of our friends were out until either right after we graduated or a few years like after that and they were you know, like we saw me and I'm like oh hey you know mm-hmm. um so i don't you know for me that's that's kind of like my experience so i didn't i didn't and in all honesty, I did not. I was. I wasn't. Didn't have the, any exchange or interaction just because I like, like I said, our town was a small bubble. So, and it, a lot of people that I found out later, it was just. A, it was a situation where they were closeted and didn't feel comfortable coming out.
0: Yeah, which is hundred uh, percent understandable. Uh, for where we yeah. for where we grew up and that area, I mean, they didn't have any strip clubs in Whitehall. The closest strip club I think was in Muskegon, and it was uh, in kind of a little, like really crazy uh, area. Yeah, Murphy's right. No. Well, Murphy's. there was there was two. There was Showgirls and uh, and Murphy's. I think. Yeah. Maybe Murphy's was later. I can, I don't know, cause I've I never I've actually never been to a strip club, which is kind of. Um, theme,
1: well, but... Murphy's. I think Murphy's was the older one. I don't
0: know. I just know my dad got banned from Murphy's.
1: Long, so. <laughs> he got banned. He got banned.
0: How did he get banned from Murphy's? Another, of all of the uh, of all the that's places in story. Muskegon to be banned from Murphy's, your dad got that's banned an from another Murphy's. Another
1: story for another episode.
0: Also, let's just like hang on the moment. Hang on that for a second. That there was a strip club named Murphy's in Muskegon. I'm sure they, they did change their name at a certain point, but it was called Murphy's. It. Yeah, it was called Murphy. The most like unsexy, dog. the most unsexy name you could, that's not even a good bar name, really. Like, it's okay for a bar, oh. but, like, you're going to go to Murphy's to see some, some tits. That doesn't sound right. I think that was their tagline,
1: too. I think the full name is Murphy's. was it Murphy's Doghouse Saloon or something
0: like that? I don't know. I mean, there is a doghouse saloon in, um... In Muskegon, but that's not the same thing. That's uh, that's actually down the street from me. They do karaoke's on Saturdays, and their karaoke is okay, but it's a very small place and it gets packed. So um, it's not my favorite place to go. Uh, typically, my favorite place to go is uh, well, at least right now we've been going to my, I've been going to my bar. Off of uh, Sherman to do karaoke. So, so honestly, I I don't think I've talked at all about karaoke on this karaoke podcast uh, since since its inception. Um, I still am doing karaoke, so if anybody ever wants to do it, just let me know. But um, to change to change uh a little bit, change our topic a little bit back over to the more paranormal weird things that uh that have happened to you. Um, because I remember we were talking in one of our chats. Uh, with a couple people in it not that long ago uh, about some of the things that have happened around Whitehall when we were kids that had happened previously and uh, one of the things that, that was brought up that I had I had completely wiped this memory from my mind that I had ever even talked to people about this but when you guys started talking about it I'm like oh, I remember people saying this on a regular occasion um, the, uh, was it Crosswinds? yeah
1: at the time time,
0: and i don't that building is not there anymore right
1: i don't know i don't think so i think it turned into another restaurant and then when covid hit it they took out
0: yeah and and it was right next to um armstrong's and armstrong's used to be it was this little like bait and tackle shop that was right on the water but it though it was like old old as hell like super duper old and and they, they updated that eventually I think too I think I've been in there since they updated it um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't remember there being a restaurant there since the last time I've been there and it's, it's funny because I drive past that place relatively frequently because my mom still lives in Whitehall so I'll go down there and my grandpa used to before he passed away just a couple months ago I'd go down there and I I don't recall there being a restaurant anymore there, there anymore man I think it's gone
1: yeah, it, I've not been down there in so long, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of a lot of places are are in that area are kind of falling on hard times and
0: yeah, just yeah, it like makes a, sense. A, going away. It makes sense because I mean, in, in Muskegon in general, and, and Whitehall is part of Muskegon County. Um, Muskegon in general is it's still it's having a rough time. Um, mm-hmm. there are not a lot of opportunities for people that are creative i can tell you that for sure uh, but uh, and you basically have to make your own way uh, and it's really tough for me to be in manufacturing jobs or even customer service jobs at this point when when you have a when you have a full-on experience that shakes you to your foundational core like i did um y- y- it's hard to it's hard to then go to a factory job because it's literally, it's it's absolutely grinding. And uh, and I, it's hard for me to put my head down and just do it. And I know a lot of people from maybe generations above us would be like, oh, you just got to do it. I can appreciate that. And I can understand what they're saying because I'd like to have money. But at the same time, when I do it, it's just so unfulfilling. And I'm like, I didn't come back from the brink of death to come to this, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time I still have to be productive. It's it's very easy to fall into that very um that trap of oh, you know, oh woe is me, depression and it's you gotta fight against it. I guess I'm talking to myself at this point. <laughs> N- not not anything against you, but like that's like literally something that I have to tell myself, which is like you've gotta fight this every day. Like you gotta open up your eyes, you gotta go out and do stuff, you gotta be social. And that's one of the reasons I did karaoke. It's yeah. Something that I'm good at, and I enjoy interacting with people. And it doesn't matter if people are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not gonna judge anybody. Um, the only people that I judge that do karaoke are the people that go out in huge groups, and uh, they will put it. Let's let's say like there's six women, okay? And and I only say this because this is typically women that do this. I don't see du- dudes doing this that often. And I'm trying not to be sexist about it. But I've never had an experience where it's a dudes that's dudes doing this. Six women and typically with karaoke someone will put in a name so let's say amanda goes up there and amanda's the first one to put in the name so amanda goes up and she brings in the whole group right so now there's six people you know squealing the song usually sometimes they're good but there's just usually there's like one person that's very good at karaoke and the rest of them are kind of like eh. man um, and they're not even paying attention they're just kind of like whatever and so amanda will go back down and then The next person, let's say Melissa, will go up there and Melissa will put in her name. And because it's a new name in the system, usually karaoke DJ will put that person in front of or in front of most people. Right. And then they will rotate through all six people doing this. And by the end of the night, these these six people will have sang like 20 songs while everybody else is saying like maybe one or two. And most of the time, these people are not into it. They don't, it doesn't even, it, they may be enjoying themselves, but kind of at the expense of everybody else. Those are the only people that I don't like doing karaoke. <laughs> everybody else I'm cool with. Um, but to go back to that point about Crosswinds, so one of the story was that there was a little boy, like a boy ghost, like a little boy ghost that people would see there. And then there was a, like a older woman ghost, right?
1: I think so. I think that was the one that one was like the older woman and the young boy. And I don't... I can't remember if they said that they were like... Some people thought they were connected or if they were just separate instances. Yeah. That, see, that one I never
0: experienced. You never experienced any of those? I know I know. Jarrett said he No, did. no, I didn't I did
1: experience those kinds of things. I just never like from... Not that one ones, or so those two. Not that one. Or I didn't really... I think Ron, was the first time I ever interacted with anybody. Like, I heard rumors, like, oh, did you hear the ghost stories from the Crossmans? But um, I think Ron was the first one I ever, like, firsthand, because he was talking about that, Mm -hmm. where uh, he experienced it, I I believe, right? Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah, he said something about experiencing
0: that, because he was there, apparently he was there for a little while.
1: Yeah, and I, I never heard it firsthand from anybody until Ron. Had mentioned it, so I was like, mm, interesting.
0: So, what have you experienced then when it comes to the weird stuff, like the paranormal stuff?
1: Uh, so I have really only for ghost wise, I've only really encountered two things, and then one thing I heard secondhand, um, that was family related, and then I had one other kind of paranormal experience, uh, with deja vu okay. that happened a lot when I was younger, but um but otherwise yeah so ghost wise like the biggest the biggest and craziest one was um this like family cottage we had up in northern michigan okay and uh so probably early we're talking like early 90s um all my aunts and uncles in the area like that had kids so like all of our cousins like we didn't really have a lot to go anywhere so um we didn't have like any any good vacation destination or anything we had some family in Florida that we visited every once in a while and Mm -hmm. and that was fun but uh, so they all got together and they were like hey we're gonna buy a cottage up in northern Michigan like just like a cabin or whatever we can go there as a family hang out for a couple weeks at a time during the summer um, so my aunts and uncles and my parents went up, and they were all shopping around, and they all, cause they all would, like went in on this, this piece of property with this little cottage on it. Um, and they found this cottage up in Northern Michigan, and none of us, none of the cousins ever went. Like they come, kind of, they were doing this whole thing, they were doing all this research, and they were like shopping around, and they were like going from from for sale house to for sale house, and mm-hmm. um, they were trying to really figure out what they wanted to do what area of a northern machine they want to be in and they 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 finally found this one in manisee michigan from this older retiree couple um and i guess they were just trying to offload this house um they didn't you know they didn't want to deal with the upkeep anymore they were kind of like done over it, and they want to move closer to their kids and their grandkids so Mm -hmm.
0: um or at least that's the that's the story they gave me
1: yeah, well, and they they were getting quite a bit older, like, they were, uh, I think you, I want to say they're in their late 70s, early 80s, so, like, they really were, like, hey, I really don't want to do all this crazy stuff, because they, they had quite a, quite a few acres up in northern Michigan, so it was, like, just a lot out of yard upkeep and, and stuff like that. Now, is um, this, is I,
0: this in, now, did you say this was, like, Manistee area?
1: This is Manistee area. Okay, so, so Manistee. In Manistee, but, like, in that
0: county Okay, because you go further Michigan, further up northern Michigan, you can run into some, like, long stretches of basically, like, very, very small towns. So, yeah, so Manistee so, is, rel- like, not not huge, huge, but it's bigger, but this is outside of Manistee, is what you're saying?
1: This is outside of Manistee. This is, like, in a rural area outside of Manistee. Oh, uh, okay. So nice of country area. City. Yeah, it was actually in a bluff. So <laughs> there was, like, it was out in the middle of nowhere, there was this bluff that overlooked lake michigan and there was just like it was just like country fields and country roads and then all of a sudden you hit this bluff when you hit lake michigan and there was like this defunct development project that was nearby and then there was like a string of country houses Hmm, um and then this house so there was i'm trying to remember this one lady's name um the neighbor, and then this old couple that owned this house, and that was about it. Like, the other, there were no other neighbors that were anywhere decently nearby. Anyway, so my parents, they made the, you know, my parents and my aunts and uncles, they all cut this deal with this older couple. I don't know, they decided to purchase the house from the property, and um, they got everything said and done, and they, you know, they transferred ownership of the house over to them, and I don't know how they figured that out, and um, and then once that was done, we, they, they cleaned it all out. We helped them <clears> cleaning <throat> it out and stuff like that and getting it all set up and set up for like family functions and reunions and stuff up there. Um, and I don't, I was a little bit younger at the time, so I'm not really sure if this was like right before, or right in the middle or right after we got everything done, but it was like one of the first, like one of the first hardcore or like the whole family got it together up there. It was like i'm pretty sure it was like right after we got done cleaning it all out okay um
0: so kind of like a because like a family reunion almost kind of it was like all
1: the all the aunts and uncles that bought into the property it wasn't like a full-blown family reunion it was just everybody who bought in the property it was like we just they had the we had the inaugural like we spent i don't know if it was like fourth of july or it was just we spent like a, a holiday weekend up there yeah sounds like a good we, we, yeah my the my parents grilled out and we just kind of hung out and um that's when you could watch those big passenger ships and barges go across, like, <clears throat> Michigan. And we just kind of all ran around, had fun, and went on the beach and stuff as kids. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, during this time, like, my sister and I were having a hard time... Like, at night, we would often wake up with these really weird dreams... Which, later, we figured out we weren't really dreaming. Um, but, like, in these dreams, with this this dude this older gentleman in this plaid and jeans would come up and talk to us and we always thought we were dreaming but turns out we weren't dreaming (laughs) because the last time we had this incident like because we would stay in this in the big the master bedroom um all the aunts and uncles and parents would hang out and play cards at night and do that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and we would sleep on like cots and sleeping bags in the master bedroom my parents would come and go to bed so like we were young we went to bed early and so that's kind of going on for a few nights and then finally the last night and because my sister like i didn't always wake up for it my sister i guess would kind of wake me up and uh, say hey so-and-so's back and i guess i would talk to him too as well i kind of remember probably the last few times talking to him i don't remember too many of them do
0: you remember what you talked about? um
1: uh i just kind of asked them general questions about himself and what he liked to do okay. and like um, and like we just kind of talk about him. Um, so he was just this older gentleman. I I, I was young, so I didn't, you know, small town manners. I didn't really talk about his first name. I was at, I was asked his last name,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, and, and he told me his last name. I, my sister knew his first name, but uh, at first we thought it was just like a. At that point, we thought it was some dude coming up to the house, right? And just coming into the room and talking to us.
0: And how old were and, you when this happened?
1: Oh, man. Um, either right, probably right before I turned 10. So probably like somewhere like seven, seven nine. Okay. I don't think I was 10 at this time. I don't think I was 10 yet.
0: I think I was probably
1: like eight or nine years old. Um,
0: Which would make this like right in the middle of the 90s.
1: Yeah, like right in the middle of the nineties. Okay. I might have been a little bit younger just because my sister was still going to bed early. So, um, yeah, she's probably like twelve or thirteen. So she's probably going to bed earlier. Um, so yeah. yeah.
0: So when so you would when you day. would when you would talk to this this thing, whatever it was, person, uh, what a, a dude? A dude, you know, uh, a dude. When, when you would talk to this thing you never felt like scared or anything it was just a it was just a it was a person that was there
1: yeah no he just seemed like yeah he just seemed like a person that was there which in which we at the time my parents had a lot of friends too that would come up and they'd come visit us up there too um so it just kind of seemed like the, the feeling or i guess the vibe you, you got was just some dude that belonged there right uh-huh. um like he just, he'd come over, he'd visited, whatever. Um, and he would just like, he was just like talking to us. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I used to talk about, you know, fun. And for me, it was like what kind of stuff made him laugh and, and whatnot. Um,
0: so this guy had a good sense of humor then.
1: Yeah, he would, yeah, it was a little crude sense of humor, but like, that seven-year-old me thought that was like the bee's knees right
0: i mean you know yeah, i love a good
1: fair joke or yeah. like a good you know my my idea of a funny time was like mood my sister <laughs> so you know stick you, you know you know you like drop trowel and like move her you know your sibling and their friends while they're all over and then or like <laughs> smush your butt out a window right and your seven-year-old you don't care you think it's the funniest thing in the world
0: <clears throat> it's still pretty funny
1: it's still pretty funny. It's
0: still pretty funny. It's it's a little it's a little different if you're older, of course, and you're doing that to kids. That's a little that's a little messed, no, up. messed up. But no, but yeah. either way, it's still either way a nice pressed ham is pretty funny.
1: Yeah, a nice pressed ham is always hilarious um, especially if you're still doing it as an adult, to adults. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, um so yeah. so with and and when did you guys get rid of this? This property or do you still have it? No,
1: we, they got rid of it. Um my one uncle got really ill. Um and that was the other thing too, is my one uncle had MS and so that was kinda of the other motivation of to, to get the property to, like some place that they <coughs> could adapt for him to, to go and enjoy. Yeah. Um but his MS kinda of took a turn for the worse and uh-huh. his health started declining to the point where he, he couldn't go on any kind of road trip anymore.
0: Um So your family ended up getting rid of the place yeah and it was just like i said it was
1: um some aunts and uncles they just they couldn't um pick up it was just too hard to like pick up all the extra things and then with people getting sick and, and family tragedies and people moving away it just got harder and harder so my family got rid of it which the other the other thing too was the bluff that this property was on the edge of it slowly receded
0: oh um I mean that makes sense. I mean, a lot of a lot of Michigan that happened too.
1: Yeah, um, and it was just, and I mean at one point one of the owners, it might have been him, I think he he had a bunch of scrap concrete that had been broken up from like roads and driveways, and he he dumped it down one side of the bank to reinforce it, um, and actually made a concrete path with it. So. Hmm. Um it was broken up concrete though. it's not like he had like liquid concrete that he poured down the side. it was it was like breaking up pieces of concrete and he had like stacked up the side and, and kind of made a pathway and it like reinforced the bank. but eventually that all slid down into, into Lake Michigan.
0: Yeah, but, uh, uh, that definitely happened to a lot of places on the side there. yep, so it, yep. it does make sense. And, yep. and it, um, and how often do you think how how often do you think about that interaction?
1: With the entity that entity, that that guy? Yeah. Uh, it's usually, like, when... We, like, for a lot of times, unless something weird happens to me coincidentally, like, it kind of just... It goes into the back of your mind. You don't really... You don't really drag it up every once in a while. Now, like, if somebody shares a story, like, oh, something weird happened to me in a house. Like, we, were, we were, like... Like, for example, like, doors were shutting and opening, and, you know, we were at so-and-so's house, and, you know, it just seemed... You know, seem like there was another presence there. Then that kind of stuff would kind of bring back. Um, but sometimes, if it's been a while, like even that won't jar it outright. Um, that's probably the one that comes up the most, though. There's another one that I had that that one does not register as much anymore. But uh-huh. um, I think about it every once in a while. What well, What's amazing
0: but, yeah. is because of because of the fact that we live, you know, so many years, um, and we have so many memories and experiences, like. You, you can fill a book with your experience during a day, and now it might not be the most exciting book in the world, but like you can, if you journaled every single thing you did, it would be filling volumes of information, right? Yeah. And uh, it's it, one of the most amazing thing about humans is we can have these experiences. Now, your experience doesn't sound like it was traumatic. It sounds like it was just something that happened. Um and, yeah, I, and it doesn't sound like it's something that scarred you, uh, which is no. good. But I mean, but it, even it, with uh, even with like scarring things, like we as humans we can just like then all of a sudden exist again. You know, and we can yeah. come back from it. And and I think one of the one of the overriding themes of this podcast has been like the mindfulness, like to to have check ins with yourself in like kind of normal situations where you're like Am I still dealing with these scars? Am I still still dealing with this trauma? And, and that's that's the reason I ask you about like how often does that come up? Which is like, you know, it's again, it's not a traumatic thing, but I wonder if if it was a traumatic thing, how often would it come up for you? Would it come up more? Possibly, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think if it was more traumatic, like, I, and I think for a while, it was probably more traumatic for our relatives, like the grown, the adult at the time, because when my sister and I were talking about it like it really freaked them out uh-huh. um, because you're talking about a guy we never met we had no knowledge of and here we were telling them like oh there's a strange guy we talk to at night sometimes and then they're like uh excuse you like there's a strange guy breaking and then we describe him and i tell we tell him like the name he was given us and then then they're you know the color drains from their face um because then that's how we found out like And that's, we didn't put the pieces together until they told us later on, um, that we figured it was some sort of apparition or something because, um, when they bought the house, the, the gentleman, uh, he passed away like either during or right after Uh, the purchase happened uh, and the wife just, she just packed up and she moved closer to their children uh and she, we, we were still giving them their stuff. Right. And that's, um, there was a couple things like I found because of it, that I should never have had any knowledge of where it was or that it existed. Mm. Um, And that really, like I said, that, that part really freaked out my parents.
0: That actually reminds me of when, um, that, I mean, finding things that you're, that you're kind of like fated to find. That's a weird thing that actually happened to me. Last year, when I was in my—if you remember when I was at my my grandpa's place, when we were taking care of him during while well, he was kind of going downhill with dementia—we um, we had had—I'll I'll tell that story in more detail in the future probably, but it, it, suffice to say, we had an encounter with something in that house, um, and I rem- I'm not somebody who senses. Spirits, quote unquote. I'm doing the air fingers. I don't sense them. It's not something that I that I have a a close connection to. I wouldn't be called a medium. I'm not force sensitive, if that's the way you want to think about it. Like I am, I am an oblivious, like non non um, non sensitive person. I wouldn't be called a medium. I guess that's the best way to think about it. So. Um, I remember, though, when I was there, and of course, I was getting very high last year around this time. And I remember I was there and I had this compelling feeling to go search in the garage. Um, And I I remember going in the garage and that's where I found the bulk of my grandma's archive. I found the bulk of the pictures that she used to have. I um, I found love letters between my grandpa and grandma. I found all of this, like this this archive that nobody knew was there it was stashed in the garage like where the behind where the Christmas stuff was it hadn't been touched since she probably since before she had died which was 2005 and it was obviously 2021 when I found this so we're talking 16 years at least um before someone had even touched that stuff and I was I was glad to have found it now that led me to try to find the entirety of my my grandma's archive that she had left in her house and, and my grandma was a very interesting person she she did a lot of kind of esoteric things she had a she had a circle of of women that she she did uh healing quote-unquote magic with uh she she talked about being able to connect with the the um uh like the the principal pillars of the universe and all of these things but she was very private about it um, so finding these these archives and things, I felt compelled to do that, and I don't know where that I don't know where that came from because I had been to my grandpa's house many times in the years since my grandma died, uh, but it never struck me as something that might be important. Not until he was diagnosed with something that he was terminally ill with, um, and I still have those archives. I eventually, I, maybe I'll even read them on the podcast. Who knows? Yeah. So like, this, so
1: that's my question because I. I mean, I only know about like these like paranormal things based on my experiences and like whatever blog or um, internet group is posting or whatever you know unsolved mystery style show documentary series mm-hmm. I've watched you know and they've got an expert that comes on and gives a quick little blurb so I'm not I don't know if like from, like, my experience was very different from yours, like, where you felt a compulsion, right? You felt this, like, something pulling you to something. I I knew where things were based on my discussion with this gentleman that I could see, like, a real
0: person. Mm-hmm. You you um, had knowledge that you didn't... Know, you had knowledge you shouldn't have had.
1: <clears throat> yeah, but for me, it wasn't, like, a compulsion. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, I put this stuff here, here, and here. They're in these boxes. Um, they're supposed to go to my wife.
0: Uh-huh. And...
1: And he was like, but he goes, they're my You should, he goes, you should go check them out. They're really funny. <laughs> um, I think he will I think he will chuckle at him as well.
0: It's interesting. It's, and and it's then so I,
1: crazy. you know, yeah. And so, like for me, it was a compulsion. I was like, hey, like Mr. Winsky just said, go look in those boxes. It'll be funny. Um, and it was, it was like his dirty gaggy, humory things that were in there. That, <laughs> um. You know a lot of like looney tunes style fart jokes but they were some of them probably a little more um dealing with a little bit more raunchiness than but you know back in the 90s it was okay for, for kids seven and up to, to partake in the raunchy humor
0: yeah and I, th- I don't think they i don't
1: think it's that big of a deal anyway though. no it wasn't but um but yeah like like i said for me that's what it
0: was um, <clears throat> which is i mean so okay you you come from you come from a religious background Um, grew up in the Catholic faith, um, you know, in a traditional, in a traditional town. So, um, just like I did, but I was not Catholic. I was, I would have been, I would have been labeled as agnostic, agnostic or atheistic back then. But, um, how does that, how does that jive with your, with your view of the world as you start to get older? So I I can kind of I can probably guess how you felt about it when you were a kid, which was it was just something that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. But how does that jive with, like, the whole idea of faith for you? Like, how does that how does that change or does it change how you feel about the world?
1: Uh, Like, I mean, as an adult, as an adult, it's kind of like, well, I know less than I did back then, because, you know, when you're younger, you're like, you're so sure. Yeah. and how that drives jives your face. You're like, well, yeah, it's got to make sense, right? Because, you know, there's there's an afterlife. But when you think about it, it's like, yeah, but our church never really covered that part of it, right? They right. really only covered, like, the bad stuff that, that lurks around in the dark. And even then, it was like they really didn't dive into that too much. It was just kind of like, it was a blurb in Sunday school. <laughs> and that was it. Um I mean, in every so often there was like a little blurb about spirits and stuff. but now when I'm older, it's like, well, I don't you know who knows, right? like is there is there some sort of concrete knowledge on this? And I could guess the answer is no, but there's probably some bits and pieces there. so it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like where where's the line of like was it? an over an overpowered imagination and somehow i had those details somewhere in my mind and it just kind of pieced stuff together and made a very nice hallucination for me in like a dream state who knows yeah and that's kind of and that's kind of the thing it's like as i get older it's like well i don't know what what is this stuff did it happen this way or did it not you know and, and it it was really just a really vivid hallucination um because that's one thing you know growing up in the catholic faith they were like yeah we have uh then they have an investigative branch <clears throat> and you're like why would you need investigators They're like well because not all this stuff is real some of it's hoaxes and fakes and stuff so they have investigators that come out and look at stuff to say oh do you think this is some sort of catholic miracle sign Nope, it's some guy trying to make a bust of some of mary or jesus cry blood or something for people to donate their money to so that they can, you know,
0: swindle people. Get some money. Which is... Okay, I'm not gonna... <laughs> I was gonna say, which is kind of like what the church does, but... So I understand why they would why they would have investigative people to say, you can't do that, because that's kind of our purview. Um, <laughs> I said I wasn't gonna say it, but I said it anyway. Uh, so, like... It, the th- the thing that always gets me, dude, is when you when people have these experiences, it makes me go like, okay, now I've got a thousand more questions, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and questions that questions that frankly could probably never be answered. Um, I, yeah. I've I've mostly come to terms with the fact, and I I still deal with it, but I've mostly come to terms with the fact that I'm not gonna truly understand what happened during the incident, uh, the incident mm-hmm. that happened to me last year. I'm not gonna. Um, because there's so many layers to it like an onion and when i when i even peel back one layer and, and this is this is kind of like what you were talking about like getting older um you start to realize how little you know right you start to li- yeah. realize how little we know as a species like how everything works um and, and that that actually you know it's interesting it makes me optimistic because i'm like okay maybe if we knew more as a species as humans in general if our collective knowledge was uh, of a higher level and we could kind of evolve our thoughts and understand how how we actually fit into this universe and there was more purpose to it um it would make it so that we don't have this basically like paywalled society where you know it's all commercial it seems like sometimes and it's you know everything is an ad like uh, and I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but like even just watching football or basketball or baseball nowadays, it's just like there's so many commercials and it's it's it, it's like every moment you're inundated over and over and over again with these commercials for things. And part of me thinks it's a di- It's like a it's like a what's the word? Uh, it's like the death knell of that type of society. Part of me feels like it's the beginning of the end of commercialization and, and at least in the way that we know it but it sucks that we have to live through it because it's like this screeching death knell where it's like it, they're just throwing everything at you right now to try to get you to buy stuff and in 20 years from now hopefully we can get in a point where people are not buying into as much as what's put in front of them you know when it comes to media when it comes to advertising Anyway, there's a there's a long tangent I can go on that, but I don't want to go too far. <laughs> well, I
1: understand that part because you, you know it seems like everything, you know, everything it is it's paywalled. Even even the fakes are paywalled, right? So, yeah. that's, I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: That's true. Well, um, I think so. this is probably a good place for us to to kick off. I mean, we can probably. We can we can probably talk about this forever at this point, and and I'd I'd like to have you back on to talk more about it. Maybe we can get Pat in, maybe we can get Ron in or Jarrett, uh, Van. I know he said he wanted to get in at some point, and and I think this like kind of esoteric um, thing, kind of beyond the veil type of thing, I think is a good is a good place for us to kind of sit for a couple episodes because it's it's something that I really haven't talked to you guys about that much. Um, yeah, and, I, I'd, and I'd, I'd like all... to get more more of your feelings on it. Yeah, and I know Jared.
1: Jared encountered
0: ghost story number two with me. So, well, maybe I can get both of you guys on. And you guys can both talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, because he experienced that one. And then I don't. I'm trying to remember the deja vu one. There was only like two real big instances of that. Um, and I don't. I don't remember who I was with anymore.
0: Well, try to think about it. You know, try to try to dredge it up, and then next time we next time we get on, we can been going kind to of go over some more stuff like that. And maybe even next time we could do a little bit longer. So This recording was about 50 minutes. Um, but uh, as always, I do appreciate you listening, uh, and so does Ken. If you if you have any messages or anything that you want to talk to, talk to us about or want to be a guest on the show, uh, email me at worldaskaraoke um, at com. Um, otherwise, there's plenty of different ways you can get a hold of me. As much as I hate social media, I'm on pretty much every major platform with the exception of Twitter because screw that. Uh, Ken, is there any way any way you want people to get a hold of you? Or... Um, I'm you know,
1: I mean, if they were if they really want to get a hold of me, they can. Um...
0: If you don't want to plug your social media, you, that's all cool. Reach
1: out. I don't plug social media because I don't. I only do <laughs> social media. So I'm that guy. I don't, I
0: don't do anymore. No issue with that. That's that's where we need to be going as a society. As much as I like certain aspects of social media, it is a disease and it needs to change. So, anyway, okay. uh, appreciate you listening to World Is Karaoke. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Thank you.